Hello there, I'm Niall Brown, and welcome to this episode of the Movies in Focus podcast. Philip Jan Rimja is a Polish filmmaker who has had a varied career in the business. In 2018, he helped spearhead the completion of The Other Side of the Wind, the final film from Orson Welles, as well as producing Morgan Neville's The Love Me When I'm Dead, a documentary which detailed the making of Welles' film. Philip's latest release is Mosquito State, a thriller which he produced, directed and co-wrote. A clinically precise piece of filmmaking, Mosquito State is a psychological thriller that verges towards Cronenbergian body horror. Rimja's film is more than that though. It uses the 2007 financial crisis as a stepping off point and manages to create a piece which takes place in the recent past but feels like it could take place a hundred years in the future. Philibian Rimja joined the Movies in Focus podcast to talk about the film, discussing the inception, casting and production of this mesmerising piece of cinema. As always, I hope you enjoy our conversation. Thank you, Philip, for, for joining me today. My pleasure. And the film, I saw it a couple of weeks ago, and I've, kind of, I've, I've kept thinking about it because it's such a distinctive piece of cinema. Um, it just... It's captivating. It's very hypnotic. Um, how did it all come about? Um, from a visual standpoint or from a narrative standpoint? Um, well, well, both, but we'll start with the, the narrative standpoint. How, how did that happen? I, I was looking for a story that would feel contained, um, that would be a character exploration. So, um, so, it, so it, it came from that. Um, I think I kind of, you know, had my feelers out. I was... Um, you know, conversationally or in terms of what I was reading, um, what I was, you know, quote unquote consuming, um, I was, I started to narrow in and, um, you know, it's a, my friend Mario, who's credited as a, as a co-writer on, on, on the script, um, he had an experience, um, you know, somewhat similar to Richard's, at least from a, from a jumping off standpoint. And I just thought there was something to it. Um, he, he, he told me about it, but it took a couple of years for me to really shape it into, into, the, into a story, you know, before it even became a script. Um, but so, so it was born out of a need in a way uh, where, you know, this was the kind of story I was, I was hoping to tell. And um, and then you know the, you shape the you shape the script and and um, and then from a narrative standpoint from a rather uh, from a visual standpoint um, I, I see things in pictures so from from the moment that this story started to coalesce um, you know bits and pieces um, you know frames um, kind of you know you know keyframes started to pop in and, and and populate and and then it started the the visual part of it. Um, started to come in as I was writing the script and obviously, you know, then much closer when you figure out, you know, the, the how, uh, the hows of, uh, how am I going to tell the story? Um, you know, technically, uh, what are the tools that I'll have at my disposal? And, and then, you know, how do I shape it? I'm talking about the, the, the visuals, obviously the swarms of mosquitoes, presumably CGI, but you also used some photography of, of kind of the real thing. How do you balance that? And how do you know that you can achieve it going into it? Um, so I did uh, quite a bit of R&D. Obviously, the macro stuff um, I played with um, early on. Um, we did research it. Um, there was an entomologist who invited us that we reached out to 
um, at the University of California, Davis. And um, so we went into a lab, we saw how they photographed the mosquitoes um, and, and just to figure out, can I achieve the macro photography that I wanted? Because I wanted it on a huge scale. And, and I wanted us to see the mosquito um, in, in a way that we haven't seen before. And, and to me, there was a, you know, kind of an alien-like feeling to being that close up, especially with uh, when, when uh, mother is, is, is laying the eggs um, and they're in that raft-like float. Um, to me, there's something that's so sci-fi about it. Um, but, you know, but it's, it's such a common, you know, it's such an everyday thing. We just don't see it that way. And I wanted all of that to be analog. And so that process I had researched and felt very confident that we'd be able to um, shoot that stuff then in post. Um, when it came to the swarms, um, I, I mean, I, I knew that this was something that could be done, um, that I wanted the mosquitoes and the swarms uh, to, to go from cloud-like the way we'd normally see them to then having a consciousness and communicating with Richard uh, through movement. And because it's, you know, it's one thing for them to pitch their sound, but that wasn't enough for me. So I wanted them to start moving like birds in, in, in murmuration. So um, I researched the, the movement of starlings. And then when I talked to that particular VFX vendor, um, they had, or it's not even when I talked, I, I saw some of the work they had done with birds. So I knew that, I knew they had fluid, which was called, um, 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 I'm, 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 I'm losing the word, but I think it's um, a fluid simulation. That's it. So, um, so where really it's one pixel informs the one next to it, that they're always reacting. And I, I saw that they had done this with birds. So once they developed a mosquito model, um, they had something that we could play with um, and then make sure that that movement felt right, or at least, you know, right to what I had in my head. And when you're writing this in a script, how do you have you literally visualized that or does it does it change once once you know the technology can then do what you want or even more than you want um yeah i mean it it, it shapes it to some degree um i mean it's with uh when you have this combination of of a practical set and then practical lighting um you have to have an idea of what it's going to do um it's we're already lighting for movement of the mosquitoes. Um, we've already built rigs that will affect light and will cast shadow in the way that the mosquitoes are moving. So, so that, this is something I already have in my head and I'm communicating this to the DP and to the production designer, to the whole art team, to the grips, um, you know, giving them a sense also with the after, um, you know, how is he supposed to, what are they doing? How are they flying? Um, so that there's, um, so that he is in some ways communicating and moving and seeing something that's not there, but I have to give them a, an idea. So when it comes to the tech side, um, you know, it's a, you start to kind of give it shape and, and draw something and give them a sense of the movement. Um, but obviously there's still that room for, you know, somebody saying, okay, um, you know, what if we do it this way? Um, and, and, you know, Good collaborators obviously inspire, and and they bring something that you didn't know you could do, 
um, to the process. And so there were certainly, there were cases like that all throughout the film. Um, and so from a, from a VFX standpoint and from, um, and also just from, a, you know, kind of from shaping the image um, from, from the paintings that were in there and kind of how we came about that from the opening titles um, and kind of going into the anatomy of the mosquito and, and kind of as if we're, you know, in Da Vinci's notebook, uh, the way that he's looking at man. Um, and here we're, we're doing a study on the mosquito. And the mosquitoes are obviously, I mean, it's in the title and they are central to the story, almost like a character. Um, you, you mentioned a minute ago that it was almost like science fiction. And obviously this is now appearing on Shudder. Um, what, what, what it's, it covers many genres. What genre would you say the film is? I mean, um, kind of a psychological thriller, I suppose. Um, I really didn't think about it as purely as a genre of film. Um, not when I was shooting it. Um, I mean, certainly not when I was writing it. Um, you know, I, I thought about it more along the lines of like Taxi Driver. Um, that's kind of the film that I thought I was making. Um, but of course, you know, it's um, oftentimes the artist is the worst judge um, of what their art actually is. Um, you know, it's a, it's, to me, it's always like, okay, this is, this is the tone of it. Um, this is the, the visual representation of, of what's in my head and how I see um, this world. And then, you know, what form it takes or, you know, kind of what, whatever label somebody puts on it, um, it is really kind of, you know, beyond, um, beyond something that I occupy myself with or, that I even you know think about it's um so you know it's a uh, it, it's it's obviously played in so many genre festivals um, and to me those first few invitations came as a surprise because I just wasn't even aware that that's the film I made. Well, that's it. I mean, it it does tick so many boxes. And watching it myself, I, I would again call it a sort of a psychological thriller. But you 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 can't see how it it does appeal to the the sort of the genre festivals and that sort of thing. Um, going back to the story, it's set in 2007, sort of leading up to the, to the crash, and, and that's an integral part of it. But what was the inspiration to set it then, as opposed to in the present or in the near future? How, how, did, how did you come upon that idea? I was reading uh, Michael Lewis's Flash Boys, like right around that time. And um, I just thought, I thought it was just such a fascinating read. And it was a world that I wasn't at all familiar with. Um, and so there was a, there was a character um, in that book who was termed this go the golden goose. And, and, you know, so it was, again, it was kind of born out of a need. And I was thinking about this character, about this guy who's going to be commuting with mosquitoes. And, and I would, then I was thinking about these, these quants who are looking at these algorithms and, and, and these ecosystems that these algorithms are kind of released into. And I thought there was something very similar in terms of, in terms of mindset, in terms of how they view the world, how they interpret data. And, and those two things just really coalesced into one. And as I was shaping the character, I just felt like, okay, you know, this is where this person's coming from. And, if, if they can be fascinated with an algorithm, they can certainly be fascinated 
in, in some way with, uh, with the mosquito um, and its ecosystem. So, um, and then 2007, I just, I just thought, okay, this is, that's really when that book was set, um, when high frequency trading kind of was at that point at the forefront. Um, and it was an arms race, you know, when we we're talking about like nanoseconds and, and how the trade, how the, how the trading system had evolved. And then I started to go into that particular week in August, um, whatever that is, I think it's August 3rd to the 9th. Um, and, and as I started researching everything that was going on socioeconomically, um, I just thought that that really presaged um, everything that, you know, that, that happened, well, obviously in 2008, but even beyond that, uh, at the time that when I was writing and then shooting the film in 2016 and 18, um, you know, we're talking about, um, you know, everything that was going on politically um, and everything that was going on with the press. Um, I felt like, you know, it's a, I, I saw it rooted um, in that time and, and in that week in particular, so many events that happened. And, and it was interesting to me that, um, you know, kind of after a decade, if you're able to go back and, and analyze something, um, how significant that week was. And when you're doing your research and obviously the financial aspect, it's there, but it's relatively superficial. Did you go do a deep dive into stockbroking and, and things like that? Or is it just from a bit of reading that you did? Um, oh no, like super deep dive. Um, I mean, it's, I wanted that, that model when Richard, um, the algorithm, when it changes from, from honeybee to mosquito, I wanted it to, to actually be a working algorithm. So um, yeah, so I mean, I had to, understand it to be able to then ask somebody to design it and and I want it to really stay to the period so the way it's coded um, the software that's used um, that's all everything that was used in 2007 um, and that is an actual working algorithm so so I had to talk to and obviously it's uh, I have some friends who are in that space but not particularly, you know, it's, um, they're, they're not the quants themselves. So then going out, finding somebody who, who did that in 2007, who could actually develop a model for me that I could use in the film. Um, and I wanted to stay very authentic to it. And moving on to the, the casting, it's got a very small cast, but it's, it's an excellent cast. How did you go about selecting the actors for, for the parts? It was through the casting process. I mean, it was a, we, um, so Bo came out of, uh, he came out of casting. I met with him in LA um, fairly early on. And, um, and then he kind of stayed with it as, as I started making offers and, and um, you know, he and his agent uh, were very passionate about the script. And so they kind of, you know, they kept in touch. Um, and, and I just, I loved his passion for it. Um, I mean, Charlotte really struck me. I, I met her through, you know, on a Skype because I, I was in LA, I think initially, and then um, she's Barcelona based, but there was something about her that I couldn't quite pin down. And, and she's very exotic to me. Um, and I mean, she's Spanish and British, so it's this hot and cold 
um, there was something really special about her. And so, so similarly, it's, um, she kind of stayed with me. And, and so both of them kind of fell right into place as we were, as we were getting, uh, getting ready to shoot. Um, and so with everybody, it's, um, you know, with, uh, with Jack Kessie um, and with Audrey, with Olivier, um, you know, it's just everybody kind of, once you, once I had Bo and Charlotte set, then you're looking for complimentary pieces. Um, and, and so, you know, like then you just kind of, you populate that world and, and yeah, it was just a, it was a wonderful process because these actors just, you know, came with it super open, um, understanding the story that I wanted to tell. Um, and they were extremely collaborative. So it was, uh, yeah, it was wonderful. Well, that's the thing. I mean, Bo's performance is great. The, the physicality of it, was that on the page or did you work with him once you, you hired him? Some of it was on the page, um, but, uh, but Bo brought a lot of that. He brought a lot of those ticks and quirks with him. Uh, he brought that walk with kind of that dead leg, um, that inwardness, that, that shyness and awkwardness around Lena, uh, where he really collapses his shoulders and everything is forward. Because uh, Bo in everyday life, um, you know, he's he's very chest out. Um, you know, he's 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 very built, muscular, and strong, and kind of he, you know, he 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 struts around like a rooster. Um, and so, you know, so he had to collapse everything, and and we shaped that. I mean, he already came with a lot of these ideas, and then um, and then we just needed to figure out when do we turn it up, when do we tone it down. Uh, when do some of these weird quirks, when do they manifest? And, and so it was just mapping it out. So it wasn't, you know, always that way. Uh, cause he has to have a little bit of relatability. He has to have a little bit of warmth because obviously, you know, it's the, the shyness is always going to be there, but then he also has to show some of his alpha qualities, um, when it's related to work. Um, and so, you know, so, so it's finding that balance. And yeah, I mean, I looked up sort of pictures of him online after I'd watched the movie and I couldn't believe it was the same actor. You know? oh, oh, yeah. It, it just looked totally different. Yeah, I mean, it's, I think it's uh, nobody realized it was him when uh, when he showed up in Venice to the premiere. I mean, shaved head and like probably 50 pounds heavier and all muscle. Um, so, you know, that, that really made an impression. I mean, it's, it's really credit to his dedication, um, dedication to his craft, dedication to this particular performance. I mean, he, he started losing weight before he even got the role, um, just to show me because I couldn't get over the physicality of it, of his physicality. Um, and that's something, you know, I, I talked about with him, um, just, and he just started shedding so much weight, just not eating and just running every day. Um, because I just, you know, Richard's not somebody who has ever seen the inside of a gym. Um, so I, I couldn't have it, especially since by the end of the film, he's just in those tidy whities and socks. And so, you know, it's, so if he's ripped, it, it's just not going to work. Yeah, no, a, a totally amazing transformation. It, it sort of blew my mind. Um, I sort of, we're getting towards the end of time. Uh, so I'll kind of wrap things up. You're a director and a producer. How do they work together? Does that make things easier for you, knowing the two sides of the coin? Or does it sort of hinder you, knowing that you're, you're kind of, fiscally speaking, you're, you're restricting yourself on one side? I mean, it, it, I don't think, I think all knowledge is, is power. I, I, I think um, 
you know, it, it's nice to have a lot of autonomy um, with something like this, just to be able to, this is still a relatively small film. Um, so, you know, for me wearing so many hats on this film, um, and, and, and being able to structure the financing of, of, of a film like this and to be able to then, um, you know, kind of go from inception all the way through deliverables and, and then figuring out the distribution of it. Um, it's something that does empower, um, you know, I'm sure that if the scale of this was bigger, then it would be, it would have overwhelmed me. Um, but with a film like this, especially such a particular film, um, you know, it's a, an auteur film. Um, to me, in, in this case, it really helped because then I, I'm, I'm the person who can best communicate what it is. Um, and so, um, so yeah, it's, it's, it definitely benefited me. And, and certainly it's, it's the, the experience that I've had as a, as a producer um, absent the directing part um, certainly informs a lot of the decisions that I make. Um, and, and, you know, having worked with other filmmakers, um, you know, it's, I, uh, you come out of it and, and you know how, you know, what, what frustrates me sometimes with working with filmmakers who don't have an understanding of any of the business side of it, um, don't have an understanding of, of some of the, the mechanisms in place. Um, so then when I'm the filmmaker, you know, it's, I, I, I try to, I, I bring that to it already, that understanding. So I feel like it helps then um, with the other people around me, um, you know, with, uh, as you bring a film to market, um, you know what the, you know what to expect. And finally, what, what's next for you? Um, I'm, I'm casting a film right now. So we're, um, we're actually in a kind of very early prep um, and it's a film called Object Permanence. Um, and it has some similarities to um, to Mosquito State, I suppose. Um, but I think it's a, it's a it's a big leap forward for me in terms of uh, kind of narrative filmmaking and image making. And so um, yeah, we'll we'll get started at the top of the year. Well, I do not. I hope it's as good as the last one. I I was totally captivated by uh, Mosquito State. Um, like I said, I, I'm still thinking about it a couple of weeks afterwards. So so I really enjoyed it. I mean, that's the best compliment. If it sticks with you, you know, it's, um, it's I love films like that, films that challenge, films that um, do something to you almost unconsciously. And if, 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 if some of the ideas, if some of the images stick with you, I think really that's, that's the highest compliment. So thank you very much. No, well, thank you, Philip, and thank you for uh, taking the time today. My pleasure. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Movies in Focus podcast. You can download it wherever you get your podcasts, and I hope that you tell your friends about it. That's it for this time, and I'll see you at the movies.